My father died. That was the end. He was in the hospital for two days. I was there with him for most of that time. I was there when he died. It was quick, seemingly painless. We had a DNR, a do not resuscitate order. So there were no actions, heroic or otherwise, to attempt to revive him. He had amyloidosis, a disease that was depositing proteins into his organs, and he was basically ossifying, hardening from the inside out. That day, he had an aneurysm that killed him instantly. My father's death was the end of his life, and in some ways the beginning of my attempts to further understand our complicated relationship. I'm the oldest of three children, and I didn't really know my father until I was about three years old because he worked nights and slept during the day. I think it was about the time that I asked, who's the strange man sleeping in our house, that, that he changed his schedule and became, became a father who didn't work during the night. But despite working normal hours for most of my life, my father was a hard man to know. He was the youngest of two sons, and for medical reasons, his mother was unable to have children after him. According to my father, he bore the brunt of his mother's anger and sadness over this. She was emotionally abusive and neglectful of him. His own upbringing and youth was fraught with issues related um, to being of immigrant parents, a mentally ill mother who was untreated, and a father who provided money to the family by way of being a cab driver, but not much in the way of loving or emotional support. My father claimed at one point to have forged his father's signature so he could join the army at 17. And then he later denied having said that. My father's also the guy who insisted that I was an emancipated minor. You actually have to go to court to do that. Um, this is not true. I was not an emancipated minor. Sometimes I think my father's grasp of what was true, especially when it came to emotional things, was tenuous. He, like his father, was a good provider emotion, uh, financially, but emotionally, he often struggled for ways to connect. My father never took the time or energy to seek counseling to overcome his difficult upbringing. He used to say, if I went to counseling, it would confirm how screwed up I am. So he had an inkling. I was doing some therapeutic work that offered me a framework for my emotions. I phoned my father during this time and said, I realized something and I just need you to hear what I'm saying. I told him that based on the work I was doing, I thought he had passed some of his sadness and anger from his childhood to me and that I was doing work to work through it. And as I was writing this, I was thinking that it was also likely that it was his mother's anger and sadness that she passed to him that I was also dealing with. To his credit, he listened. He didn't try to fix it because my dad was a fixer. He was a mechanic. He fixed things. He just listened. And that was the beginning of a new relationship with my dad. Right now, there's a lot of writing and research about intergenerational trauma, trauma that's unaddressed that gets passed from one generation to another. That was the beginning of a shift in our relationship. And from that moment on, he and I were two adults in what had been previously been a really pretty typical parent-child relationship. So when we were in the hospital together, and I think he knew his time was short because he told me that people with this disease don't buy green bananas. I didn't really understand what he meant. He said, despite how quickly bananas ripen, there might not be enough time to enjoy them. And he died the next day. I'm still working through the trauma that his mother and father passed to him, that he passed to me, that I want to not pass to my kids. 
And I think differently about bananas too. 